welcome to She Bought That TV, the podcast where every week we're watching one new movie from our mother's giant collection. I'm your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And this week, which movie did we watch? Eunuch. So when we pulled this film last week, we had absolutely no idea what this film was. Just knew that this was a place in, in Germany. Germany. That was it. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how this could have been named something else. Do you know what I mean like I think it should have been named something? I understand why it was named what it was, but yeah. So like my preconceptions going into this film after reading the back or like just the like byline of it was completely different. I actually thought it was the lead up to the event yep. of Munich. Yep. And then a little bit of the aftermath. Yeah. Not it's, what the film was. Yeah. No. So when it started, I was like, oh, we're doing like a flash forward. This is what's happening. It's like, it's a very exciting beginning. As yeah. To like we what, were piecing it all together or like showing you what, what it's like. And then we're going to like go down and break, break, break it e down. Yeah. Each like minute or the lead up to everything. Yeah. And so who these 11 Palestinian, ooh, Palestinians? No, still? The, Palestinians? The, the 11 no they're israeli israeli who's the nine assassins 11 who are the 11 assassins there weren't 11 okay this is where it's confusing yeah okay so i thought we were following basically the black september group and we were getting to know them is what i thought not the the so everyone that was everyone that was there that during the hostage takeover was was killed everyone there oh was killed okay so again like that was my other issue is everyone looked alike because they were all kind of dressed the same i gotta say everyone in the 70s you didn't like color so you know, all were wearing the same polo shirts and y'all looked the same yes um so everyone that was involved in the hostage takeover whether you're a hostage or whether you're the terrorist part of the terrorist group everyone is killed Okay, no so one then survived. People, okay, so the five that were going after were basically the masterminds behind yes, they were every, everything that had happened and like yes. any other future attacks. That Correct. Were, okay, so they were going after like the, the key players gotcha. that are the people organizing these strikes. Okay, I like my movie idea better. That. <laughs> yeah, I found this very confusing. So I watched this over three days. I watched the first... 40 minutes of it. I stopped it and I was like, okay, I want to know how close was this based on the truth. So I didn't care what the movie was about. If I was going to get spoilers, I wanted to know how accurate everything was here. So while reading that, I was like, oh, we're not, they're not going after the people that had like everyone just, everyone died. And then I was like, I'm confused. I'm reading someone who's trying to say how close this movie is related to fact. Like I was reading their their blog. Um, I was like, this is not the way I need to go about this. I need to just educate myself on what happened at the Olympic Games to these 11 men. So I just read through that and I was like, okay, that's when I realized no one survived the events that unfolded on that day because we were not born. We have no, or like, we have no I've, ties to any of this. No, I've, heard of this because mom has spoken on this probably once or twice to me she's never seen this movie before 
No, I know that. Okay. But she has said, like, yeah, that happened at the Olympic Games. Gotcha. And I was like, what? And she's like, yes, <laughs> that is something that has occurred. She's a big Olympic fan, too. So when the Olympics happen she loves sitting down and just watching doesn't matter who does not matter what, what sport what country she's just she's there in for good sportsmanship for two weeks she's entertained right. yes i also i also quite enjoy the olympics that you get to see all of these sports and the athletes i think the one negative thing about the olympics is the cost to whoever's hosting it Except I would say our city, I think we did really well financially after. Uh, mm, okay, no. Think of, okay, think of the okay. highway I'm, that they I'm rebuilt. Just, I'm just, yeah. So uh, things like this are great for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we have the highway that's built. We have a new transit line that was put in. We have all of those, the housing um, that, right along in Olympic Village. Named Which after the Olympics. Olympics. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize that our city needed that. Even though like they kept saying like, oh, it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell. Now it's like one of the most sought after village. It, it Olympic Village is. But the, the other thing, it's beautiful where it is. Like gorgeous where the athletes got to stay. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand this is athlete housing that was built quick. Mm-hmm. So it is not. If you live in one of those, you'll be like. Yeah, it was built fast. Like it was built for the Olympics. You can, you can t- not on the outside, but if you actually live in one of the, the places, you'll be like, yeah, like there are obviously issues with, with it. So I think, yes, Olympics are great for infrastructure and the same thing, not even just the Olympics that happened here when we had the expo, um, we have obviously expo line because of it. And yeah. a lot was built up along that. So things like this are great. I think, but what, also, <laughs> but I was going to say, like, it's different when your city is hosting it and it's actually happening in the city with like Sochi. It's completely different. They basically invaded in a village in the middle of nowhere, built the Olympics and they were like, peace. That, yeah, that yeah, I would I mean, say is a big issue. And then yeah, so it is just, but the Olympics is just expensive. Whether you're hosting country and also for athletes, it, it, it takes a lot to get there. Yeah. And I have a lot of admiration for whoever is willing to put that much time, um, that much training, but also that that like resources, like financially, the sacrifices that you have to make in order to get there. Like, I applaud you. Good on you. You love a sport so much that you want to be there or you like competing so much that you want to be there. I don't have that much dedication to do so. So, yeah, I really thought we also were going to get to see some of like the Munich Olympic Games. I think I just I went in really with the wrong mindset of what this film was. I I me too. And I knew I was like, okay, it's two hours and 40 minutes. It's it's going to be jam packed with a whole bunch of stuff. Don't get me wrong. There were times when it moved quite quick. And then there was times where it was like, wow, how long do I have? Oh, okay. I'm not even halfway through this yet. This film I watched over as well a span of three days. I got to work early to watch it. And then I spent my lunch break watching it. And then I would rinse and repeat. Yeah. I'm glad that it was on Netflix. I don't think either of us would have finished this on time. Oh my goodness. No, because I just kept having to pause and research 
or just walk away because I was frustrated. I, yeah, if this wasn't on Netflix, I'd probably be like, sorry, Jaylene, this was a do not finish. For, like, or, like I, <laughs> this I, is I, my first DNF. No, no, that like, I, I would not accept. <laughs> <laughs> I'm strapping you down. <laughs> sorry, I didn't watch this one. I will. So yes, I watched it over three days as well. Um, doing research throughout, but I stopped taking notes at a certain point because it became repetitive mm-hmm. of here's who we're going to find, who's here's who we're going to kill. We're going to move on to the next. And I was like, I don't care to take notes on this. Um, we know the mo- the motive for exactly or the reason why these killings are happening. Um, I feel absolutely no need to take notes because at this point, what likely is going to be discussed in between us. I'm not pulling apart this movie personally. Why was it two hours and 40 minutes is the biggest question I had at the end of this. What about this screaming the fact that I need to make a long epic to Steven Spielberg? Um, I wonder... I wonder the same thing seeing as a part two after the second day of watching it, I stopped and was frustrated by the direction the movie was going. It does. I don't want to say loop back and go the other way at the end. I think it leaves it open ended for you to decide how you want to walk away from it. I mean, correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, but I, I think if it was short or shorter, you would be maybe less invested in trying to understand both sides of what's going on. If it was just like, this is what happened at the Olympics. We're just going to kill people. That's it. I think the first killing of the poet was unnecessary. Yep. And I also think like, I think they all were. (laughs) No, like... Yes, I, I see what you're saying, but like, show, like if they're gonna pick them off, I think there were like specific stories that were happening that were more important to tell than someone just being like, I guess it just like they assassinated him, and I was like, oh wow, it's just gonna be a lineup, and they're just gonna be killing them all. But and then what's the point of but this? But they allow the the people that they were assassinating, or how how it was chosen to be done. Um, whoever wrote this, or I mean. It wasn't Steven Spielberg, I believe, who wrote this. It, anyways, Eric was, Roth and then someone else also co like they adapted it from yeah. the novel Vengeance. Yes. They allowed the people who were assassinated to have a voice. They allowed those people to speak their opinions on the subject before they were killed, or just kind of humanize them before they were killed. At least the first three. After that, I was just like, okay, please stop killing people. I don't care anymore. Like, what are we gaining from this? <laughs> Tony Kushner is the other okay. writer with Eric Roth. Um, yeah, because the poet, he he sits down and you hear a little bit about himself. The second one, you get that small little interview. Um, and then the third one, um, they're on the balcony and the guy's just like, you're not going to get any sleep tonight. Hope you brought earplugs. Like it really just without that, you just think, oh, this person's evil. We just got to kill him. It's like they're just people too living in this world trying trying to get by. Yeah. And then 
I can't remember. And then that's oh, when I stopped yeah. taking notes and just yeah, let and the movie I'll, play. I'll, I'll carry you on yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, so mom has not seen this movie. Dad has seen this film. I don't remember. He said like, he's like, oh, it's good. But I think like, sorry, dad. I don't know. I don't want to insult your taste. <laughs> but I think like, it's like when you see the director's name on it and you're like assuming like that person has taste therefore they kind of know what they're doing therefore it's going to be good to great so like this film is just like a good like if if you were going it to is a, it, it's a well done film yes like visually i have some gripes about it visually but we'll get there at the end when I do my ratings. I will say, I think the way the beginning done is, was fascinating. It grabbed you in so quick. I was like, oh, we're, we're using live real footage of what happened. And we're, we're tying it in with the, the acting, like with like, it was, I was like, oh, oh, this is, wow. I don't, think I've ever really seen a film unless I'm watching a documentary where there have actors re-portraying live footage sort of deal but they actually had the live media footage of what everyone was capturing of what was going on while we were also getting what an inside view would be of every the events mm-hmm. that un- unfolded at the Olympics. I thought that was wow. I think the beginning, the first 15 minutes of the film was the strongest part of the film. Wow. And then after that, it, was downhill. it went downhill quite significantly. <laughs> there are no bonus features on the film, so I did not have to torture myself diving into that. However, lots of research was done. I'm ass- I, I mean, I read quite a bit. I did my best. I couldn't, I clearly couldn't find exactly what you had found, but the only, I would say bonus material on this that I did not do was Steven Spielberg introduces his film, Okay, but I didn't listen to it because at that point I was very much over this experience and I had decided that I needed to stop. Makes sense. So that, that's it. There are not a lot of facts about this film that I can find. Basically, what people have entered is so-and-so worked with so-and-so on this film. So-and-so is uh, related to this person, and therefore they have a connection. Like, people are just, like, drawing. Networking, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's like LinkedIn (laughs) on there. And... I just, I don't feel as though it's really interesting to tell everyone that Craig Daniels and someone else worked on uh, the, the the same J- uh, James Bond, Bond film. Yeah. It's going to call it Jason Bourne. No, <laughs> I totally. re- repeat that. Craig Daniels. Oh, I keep thinking of Craig Daniels as if um, he's the singer. He's the British singer. Okay. And he's I- like, on a Monday. <laughs> Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. 
No, I'm going to leave that in. I don't okay. care. That's just a big ass blunder. You know what? When we get to James Bond, I'm going to call him Craig Daniel. And, <laughs> and it's going to be really, really bad. And then when we get to Tomb Raider. Okay. Also, can we talk about his hair in this film and how bad it was? Oh, it's so bad. That was... It, yeah. I kept I, looking at his face and it was like, flip your hair. I'm going to say that it was because it was based in the 70s. That is why that hairstyle was on his head. I don't agree with it. <laughs> flip I, those bangs. I'm going to assume it's because of the time period it was set in and that he did not choose to style his hair back in the early 2000s like that. But it was so bad it looked as though someone put clip and bangs. Yes. Like that's how no, bad it was. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's the style. It was just the execution of it. But we're also looks- so used to seeing like if we had never seen him in James Bond before and that was the first time you had seen this actor, you might have been like, "Okay, that's what he's supposed to look like." But you're so used to what he looks like now. Even in Tomb Raider, he doesn't have a hairstyle like that. So, for the box office, this film had a budget of 70 million and Worldwide, it grows to $130 million. It's considered a flop slash disappointment for a Spielberg film. Um, This doesn't surprise me because in itself, it's just a politically charged film. Like it, it is dealing with a topic that people might not want to go to the movie theater to see. Yeah, it's definitely aimed at a specific person that's interested in this but like i i but i also wouldn't have been able to sit down and watch this film without being able to research research and educate myself as it was going by and i and i mean this by the first small little bit of after after the olympics i didn't write down any names for this so but our main character goes and sits down and has that meeting av oh avner yeah. The main gent guy. Yeah. Avenir. He has a meeting with like this woman and these two men. So and the woman is the president. No, which, she, or prime, prime minister. minister. Yeah, and sorry. I had no, no idea. idea because she was also speaking um, prior, like saying everything that she was saying. I was like, who are you? I don't understand. They never mentioned her name. But this is why I think it is geared towards not us. Also, I so I looked her up or I I actually just looked up who was the prime minister of Israel in 1972 and Golda, the, her image came up and I was like, oh, well, the act- actress looked very similar to what she was like. That's the prime minister. This makes a little bit more sense about what's going on. Don't, did not know. Um, they used a few words that I was like, I don't know what this means or what what they're trying to explain by using these words. So I had to research those. But if I had gone to a movie theater, this, a lot of it would have gone over my head. And I think I would have walked out. I, which is unfortunate because I would like, I like learning. I like knowing new information. I would like to be given the information and I'd also like to be able to make my own opinions around it. Um, so if I had seen this movie without being given the chance to research, I'd been like, I, I don't know what to, to do with what was given with to me because I don't actually understand the background of like who these people, p- 
people are. Yeah, it would have been like if you had finished the film and walked out, you would have felt as though, okay, I now need to do five to six hours of reading to kind of digest what the hell I just saw. But rather than exactly what you had done, pause and be like, I need to educate myself further into a topic I'm not familiar with. So when I jump in again, I'm... I can keep up with what is going on, but also be able to form my own opinions around it, not just taking what they're saying to me as its face value, which is why I was like, hold on, how much of this is actually like based in reality, which it is based in reality, but there are fictional characters in it, I will say. Um, But just like you were confused with the fact that they were not going after the terrorists that were directly involved involved in the events that unfolded at at the Munich Olympics. They were going after like the masterminds, essentially. I also wonder, though, if that's on me. No, it was so confusing. I, I had to look that up. I was like, okay, this there's no one, no way anyone got alive out of that situation. If the hostages are dead. How did these people escape? This makes no sense. And the news delivery of it, which is actually like the live footage in my notes, it goes like hostages are safe. Terrorists are dead. No, just kidding. Actually, the hostages are dead, but they don't say the terrorists are dead too. When that news footage was delivered. Yes, I noticed that. that. And that's what made it confusing. They should have somewhere. I mean, I understand they're everyone. yeah, Yeah, they're emphasizing the fact that We've made a mistake. We had misinformation. We are correcting ourselves. But I also would have liked all the information. All parties were, yeah, killed in the... Okay. Yeah, because I I know sometimes I don't pick up on things that are very... Especially at the... Implicit. Yes, but at the beginning, you're getting... All this information thrown at you, you're getting... You're getting names that you're trying to remember. It's It's overwhelming but how old would we have been when we learn about this and do we learn about this okay yes and i'm thinking it is grade eight no grade okay so i learned about this through history 12 in depth you didn't take history 12 no i didn't and the reason why I like the more I was like, wow, I didn't learn any of this. And then as soon as I had dove into the British part, it was like, wait, you have this is triggering some memories. So grade 11 is mandated socials, right? Social studies 11. That's the one with the exam. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But you only that's when you learn it's Canada. It's World War One and World War Two. And all are in our all of our prime ministers is what I remember. Yeah. So again, it's difficult too. And I, I'll preface with the fact that the country that you are in, you're going to learn more about your own nationalistic history than anything else. Yes. I'm going to put a, a stop right here and say one thing and I'll let you continue is I did not take history 12 because I have a I'm not going to say terrible memory. I have a weird memory and I don't remember facts. I don't retain information, but I love sitting and listening to things about this because I will hold on to how it makes me feel and my opinions around it. So I would have gladly taken a history 12 if all I had to do was sit and someone just 
said information at me, I'd be like, wow, cool. That happened. Ooh, yikes. Mm, that wasn't, that's, that's a bad time in history. We don't want to look at that, but, but good to know that this is what happened. Great. But I don't want to sit down and take an exam or write a paper about it. Okay. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like I took history 12 out of the curiosity. This is when I was, I was out of high school when I took history 12. I did it as an online course. I Definitely didn't get as much out of it as I possibly could have because I was self-directed. Okay. So like I didn't get good yeah. lectures, if anything. It was yeah. all personal reading. However, I am also in agreement that I love learning in that kind of environment. And I was just talking to someone recently where I wish that there was a woman's study class that I could take through specific decades rather than a woman's study that's so focused on the 70s of like, yeah, feminism is turning around rather than a woman's studies of the early millennium. And like, <sighs> like, yeah, like honestly, at this point, we just have to go back to university and audit classes. Which if I don't want to do. <laughs> no, audit classes. You just sit and sit on the lectures if you want, or you just have to find your own means to acquire this information, which again, I had no problem pausing this movie and researching and trying to figure out this information for myself. Not against that whatsoever. I'm not going to try and sit through something that I don't understand. Yeah. That just sounds miserable. I think, but uh, sorry, I'll, I'll interrupt to say though, like sometimes it's difficult too in a world that's so inflated. Like if you consider like what we are creating and putting out, it's our opinion. It's not fact. Like anything that we're talking about, like we've done our best due diligence, but we don't know no, everything. And, <laughs> and so like when you're trying to find resources and everything is basically inflated. Like I wanted to listen to a podcast to learn about stuff, but I was terrified to find something because what if I find something and it's so biased? It's, yeah, biased. You're not getting just like facts about what happened. And the the way to go about that is then to try and figure out all these sides of whatever parties. Which it didn't have an hour to do. No, I know. <laughs> so there's going to be multiple, which means we have, but we have our lives to try and also just keep informed. But I also think about how it's sad that you only have this one life, like you only have this one life and you literally can't pick so many things. Like I think of my hobbies. I'm like, I like to sew. I like to cross stitch. I like to run. I like to do this. And then I look back and I'm like, what am I going to do? I only have three hours. But which hobby am I going to pick? Oh my God, what, what am I? And so then you think of all these other topics that you want to learn and you're like, well, where am I going to fit all of this in? Yes, yes, yes. It's <laughs> overwhelming. And I think everyone feels like that. Except for the people who don't have any hobbies. What do you do? <laughs> they have hobbies in the end. They have things that they enjoy. Just Reading doing. is another one I enjoy. But again, it's like... <laughs> Man, I just wish. I wish I could that. download some information. You know what? There's a movie where the guy flicks something and he like reads the entire encyclopedia and like he downloads everything and he remembers. It's a robot. It. Robot. What movie is that? I know. We used to play on the family channel yeah. and we watched it once and we're like, what was that? And then he goes, like, input. I need more input. And he like reads the entire yeah. dictionary. And this is alien robot that just i i know exactly what you're okay, talking you're, about and he's like at the back of a vehicle or something they're they're trying yes. they're chasing something yes but like he's like wally it, honestly is what when i first saw wally i was like this reminds me of that one <laughs> movie we watched about that 
thing needing more information. Anyways, I do want to say, because you said you wanted to listen to a podcast about this and then, and people having biases and obviously having their own opinions. This is what makes me nervous about this podcast. Um, and about talking about this subject is one, I've tried to keep myself informed does not mean I have all the information. Um, I've made my own personal opinions around this. I don't want, feel comfortable sharing them on this podcast. I don't want this, this podcast to be that, but it's also hard to discuss a film like this without letting our own opinions bleed into it. Yeah. So whoever is listening right now, if you disagree with what I say, that's fine. You feel differently. I'm okay with that. And I, I also need you to understand the really the, the thing that bothers me the most is just killing people over land and over religion. That bothers me a lot, which is why I will have the opinions I do when we discuss the film and if we get there or if it gets put in to this podcast. I don't know if you want to say anything on it, but this is. No, I I was just going to reiterate the fact that like clearly not experts. No, my degree is in interior design. (laughs) I, I know a lot about architecture. You can ask me tons of questions about that. But guess what? I'm still not an expert because there's there's so much there's so much that you can still learn on top of what you went to school. for, And you're trained in North America on architecture and obviously they try to incorporate many many other cultures many other countries but at but at the root of it you were educated in a north american school exactly so So, so like going back to me in history 12 you don't remember learning about this or do you kind of remember learning something no um no and I, the only, the only information or like what the topic of this between Palestine and Israel on this, I actually didn't learn, learn about this until the past two years. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I remembered that the conflict was reignited in 2021. I don't know why I said it so <laughs> stupidly. <laughs> I was like, how far back are we going? Because I'm just said two years. It was like 2020, 2021. Yeah, 2021 for sure. For yes. sure. And I remember it being on the news and all over social media. And I was like, okay, this is important. I need I need to understand what is going on. There's no need for me to just be like, it's not happening here. It's not important to me. No, it's happening in the world right now. I live on this world right now. I should be aware of what's going on. Yeah, and I generally stay away from news because it does stuff to me. Uh, daily news is just awful. Yeah, it's, it's just awful. How do we teach people to accept that other people have different opinions than you? I don't think you can. Because like there's things that are happening that people are saying to me that I disagree with. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of examples of people, things that they strongly believe. And I'm like, oh, yikes. 
that's a problem. But also, I don't agree. Other, I, other people don't think that that's a problem. And for whatever reasons it might be. But how do you... Mm, mm, mm. And then I thought of a stupid idea, but then I was just like, wow, like it kind of sucks that there isn't a place to go on this world where you're just like, I just want this out of my life and I want to go find these people and go live with these types of people. But then like, yeah, okay. So sometimes you don't learn because then there's no conflict. Like, no, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then you're, you only are thinking one way when there's way way other solutions to it. And like, that's a problem. Yeah. Back to the movie. Okay, so this DVD was not wrapped and it was widescreen, thank God. But does it matter? I don't really know. It wasn't wrapped. Do you think you unwrapped it in one of them? No. It has a 724 on the DVD. Oh, it was. Black writing. But it's not from our little indie place, which mom thought it was. And I was like, no, 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 no. Those are labeled. I think it's Blockbuster. Okay, so it's a Blockbuster DVD. It's a Blockbuster DVD. Cool. Yeah, because they used to number them. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Got a little piece of history there from the good old Blockbuster. So I wrote down three facts. They kind of all blend into each other. So it might just be one mega fact. Cool. This film was a race against the clock to be released in time to be considered by the Academy. Oh, okay. Time spent from the start of production to its release in theaters was less than six months wow so they would shoot he would basically pick stuff it would be edited on the fly which is insane because this film is two hours and 40 minutes long wow that's impressive it's very impressive so they started with the shots in hungary and i forgot to write down the other place they filmed in two places in uh europe and then the last part was, I believe, France and New York City is what they did at the end. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's like genuinely so, so impressive. Obviously, the length of the film is what it is, but the the amount of people that are in it, moving bodies that are in it. Um, the street shots gosh, that they did, yeah. like the scheduling like, of all of this. Yeah. So I am also curious to know if Steven Spielberg likes working with second unit. And I don't know if you know what second unit is. I learned this two weeks ago on Red Sparrow. So second unit is basically a second entire like film crew that is filming at the same time as the first film crew, but they don't call it first unit, right? Because that's stupid. Like they're the primary. (laughs) So what could have been happening is you'd have your five main guys that you're filming a scene with, but yeah. then second unit is taking shots of a, a different scene that's happening, happening. Yeah. and they're like working on okay. stuff. I don't know if Steven Spielberg likes that. I have the kind of opinion that he wants to be involved with. Yes. Yeah. Because his name's going on it. And obviously he wants the oversight of how things are being filmed and directed. Yeah, I can't I shouldn't say opinion. I feeling is what I'm getting yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. 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 So a vibe check from Steven. He's he's control. I'm kidding. I cannot say, say that. that. Not at all. No. <laughs> Just like yeah, the overall presence that he likes to be heavily involved in his films. I and mean, I I we don't know the dude personally, so uh we could be completely off by this, but I think it was someone with 
such a name and a reputation, you'd want to be involved in the making of a film that your name's on. So, yeah. Yeah. And the last fact that I think we've already talked about is the film is based on George Jonas's book, Vengeance. Yeah. Which, I, again, I, yeah. people say is not close to the film. Yeah. Oh, okay. I oh, didn't, you didn't quite. I did not get into that at all. I just okay. thought, oh, loosely based on a book. Okay. Or not you know, just based on a book. And I was like, all right. So I think there's like, I don't, I feel as though this is like phenomenon that I don't know the name of, or like it's a word that I really need to know. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. What the, so what I'm going to describe, I need to find out what this word is. But like when an event happens and your memory of it is different than someone else's memory, what does that mean? But that's what I'm I'm taking it as because George doesn't like the film because he feels as though it's different than the movie. But then he's like, but there's elements in it that are the same. So like I, I'm like, that's not necessarily what I'm describing. But I'm also like, but George, you weren't there. So are you pulling memories from other people? George? George is the author. Okay, sorry. You lost me. Makes sense now. All right. But like his body of work where is he pulling that from is he that pulling that from again i didn't do any of this fact checking so i don't really know but is he pulling it from memories of other people but how well do you remember your memories but is is his book based on is it fiction or nonfiction? like how how closely in reality it's like, is this i don't know based on a true story so nonfiction, fiction yeah, but okay no not nonfiction ba based on a true real 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 nonfiction nonfiction yeah yeah um but you know the like what I'm trying to describe though so if an event happens but you mem remember it slightly different than the other person but you were both there to experience it I need to know what that word is I'll have to do some googling I'm gonna have to like type out the definition in order to find out the word. There's definitely a uh, word for that because that's like having eyewitnesses to an event and interviewing them and them detailing it. It like you're like, whoa, that's not what the other person said. Exactly. Because like you have your own biasness to things as well because you pick up on different things. Well, yeah, everyone observes things differently. It depends on where they actually observing what was going on. Were they in their head thinking other thoughts? Who knows? Yeah. Okay. I think we can jump into the film. I don't know how much time we're going to spend talking about, about the film. Yeah. Because like we've done like a pretty. Uh, yeah. Talked a lot of the key points that I wanted to bring up. I actually talked about them quite early on. So there were no trailers and it starts off with rated R. I was about to say, what do you mean? I watched this on Netflix. Of course, there was no trailers. <laughs> there were no trailers. And it's inspired by real events and it starts in. Munich, 1972. September. Yes. I don't know what. I basically just started off my notes really funny. But anyways, released in December, I think 23rd of 2005. Shout out to all of those employees who were Christmas Day to let people in to watch this film. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, because. Yeah. December. Uh, films are always 
trying to release close to Academy Awards nominations so people can go see it in theaters and remember it and fresh then, in their brains. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a str- str- it's a strategy. <laughs> so my first. OK, so actually I've seen the beginning twice. So I saw the first 15 minutes twice. So one time I was like, oh, I kind of want to get a vibe as to like what this movie was. I started the first 15 minutes. I was like, wow, this is going to be really cool. It starts with a bang. We've already talked about that. Fast pace. And then I made my notes. And basically the Palestine. So Black September is the group. Yep. And they get helped over the fence. Okay, this is where I like did research and this was where I was like, wow, okay, I like this because it's so, again, I talked about how it is the news footage laid side by side by also acting. And when I did the research, everything that was being told about what happened that day was spot on with what was happening in these first 15 minutes. Um, yes. So other athletes would sneak out at night. Apparently security was really lacking. Um, and uh, athletes would go and visit other athletes. They'd go out. Um, and a group of athletes helped them over a fence because they thought they were returning back to their dorms. Initially, they thought it was Americans, but they believe it was Canadians that helped them over. Um, who also were trying to get back to their spaces, dormitory, whatever, wherever they were staying for the night. The Olympic Village. They they knocked on the 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 person woke up the hostage, the first man who's there. He he did throw himself against the door to try and prevent. He started yelling to wake other people up. They got in. And like the the scrambling around of the moving bodies, yes, someone did break a window and jump out. Yes, someone did get shot through the face um, while trying to alert others. They rounded whoever up was in like the first rooms that they broke into and was like, take us to more. And they, the person that they were leading through to like the hostage that was leading them to the next set of rooms didn't actually go to the next set of rooms. They're like, oh yeah. There's, there's no, no one there. Like they're not um, from Israel. They're not. So they took him to the room over because, and they believe his thought process was the room over. They were um, wrestlers and they were bigger. And they're assuming that he brought them to the next room over to, um, because hopefully would be able to overpower. Um, So they skipped, skipped a door, kept going, brought them somewhere else. And yeah, like what what in what went down went went down. Someone was like startled awake and like got out. Some they did chase someone down the car park and he got away. Like everything that was going on, very accurate to what I read. And I was like, wow. Great start. Great start. And I'm actually enjoyed reading about it more than I than watching it. And then after watching it, I was like, it was a bit gruesome. It was like, I was like, oh goodness. Because I didn't know what was Hollywood and action and over the top versus what what happened. And I was like, okay, this this happened. I'm going to sit with that. Ugh. So the 
11 members of the Israeli Olympic team are killed. But as we later then find out at the end of the movie that everyone died. Yeah. So they had demands. They asked for... Uh, they wanted to go to the airport to leave. Well, no. Their first demands were they held them hostage because they wanted... Um, did I not write this down? I didn't. Uh, it was like 200 or something. They wanted... What was it? They they wanted people out of free from a jail was what their demands were. Yeah, because my next one is airport transfer. And the Israeli government said no, because they were not succumbing to any demands because if they said yes to this one that opened up a window for more attacks like this to happen. So they said no, like we are saying no to all hostage demands now. The, the German force is also involved at this too and they were they were offering infinite sums of money we'll give you whatever you want and they're like we're not asking for money we could care less about your money and then that's when like the demands of helicopter plane out of germany they were trying to go to egypt and egypt was like we want to have nothing to do with this please do not give them any airport transportation to us um but Obviously, they said yes to get them out of the building so that they could try and do a rescue mission. It was all apparently poorly done, um, which is why everyone, well, a lot of people were killed, hostages and terrorists included. So then we meet Avnir and his pregnant wife. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of how we get introduced to the main character. He's chosen to lead a mission to assassinate 11 Palestinians, Palestinians allegedly involved in the massacre. Is it Palestinians? It is Palestinians, according okay. to Wikipedia. Okay. I just wanted to, because I, I keep avoiding saying that word. I do too, because I, I want to be politically correct. Yes. And respectful. And yeah. To, yeah. So Sorry. that is the correct way okay. to say okay. it. And so at the direction of his handler, Ephraim... Yes, that is how you pronounce it. Uh, to give the Israeli government plausible deniability, uh, Kaufman, so Avner, has to resign from Mossad, which is... They're like CIA, yeah. FBI, sort of, yeah. And operate with no official ties to Israel. His team includes four Jewish volunteers from around the world, and it's Steve, who is a South African driver, a Belgian toy maker, an explosive expert, Robert, former Israeli soldier and cleaner, Carl, and German antiques dealer and document forger, Hans, from Frankfurt. They are given information by a French informant, Louis. So Avner calls up a buddy, it seems like, and he's like, I'm looking for so-and-so, and this is how he meets Louis. And Louis gets his information from Papa, who we, who we meet later on, but... This is was, false. Uh, this, to, yeah, yeah, this part of the film is not following any events as to like what has happened. Yeah, and it also says like there being such a makeshift untrained team, like that is not how they would have op. Like I was trying to read into that. Like this, what what we saw is not how 
the killings went down at all or like what would have actually happened. happened. Yeah. So they're told that their first target is in Rome. So the team shoots and kills the first target who is a living as a poet. And that's what you were talking about. He's sitting out front and he's talking about, he's talking about himself and his, his, yeah. yeah. And the first death was easy and I was like, it's going to get harder. Like I was also genuinely so confused. They like just walked up to him and Mm -hmm. like out in the open. I was like, what is going on? This is not what I thought this. Yeah. And then their next target is in Paris Mm -hmm. and they detonate a bomb in the home of and that man had some oh, words to say. Yeah, they they detonate the bomb in his home. And there was an incident prior to that, like prior to the bomb going off, that his daughter was in the building. Mm-hmm. And it kind of showed as though that they had a little bit of humanity of like, we're not here to kill yeah. everyone. Yeah. Like the daughter is not the target just, be- just because he's related sorry she's related to him doesn't necessarily mean that we need to like screw her up Mm -hmm. so I think like that's kind of the first indication of like okay they're not after everyone who's Palestine like it's a very tiny tiny little sprinkle of if you're not the target we're not here to get you but that doesn't matter later on as more killings happening so like that's kind of yeah happens so then the next one is in cyprus they bomb the hotel room of the next target and i do agree with you like so the whole point of avner being in the room next to him is showing like the humanization of the next target yeah that's the whole point yeah. Of that one. Yeah. And also we had um, the second person they killed, he was defending Palestine. Like he, what he said was like, I was like, yeah, what he's saying is true. And this is why I don't like this movie. So when they were told the 11 targets, they were told that they were only allowed to kill the ones that were in Europe and not to like draw attention anywhere else. And... Louis then told Avner about three other targets. However, they were in Beirut. And I feel as though this is where the conflict amongst the team kind of begins, where one of them was like, well, we're only supposed to stick to Europe. And then the other person's like, well, we're supposed to like kill them all. And you kind of start to see like a little bit of the breakdown. Mm hmm. And so they end up going to Beirut. They team up with the IDF commandos. Again, I don't know who they are, but they pursue the three Palestine militants. But they also kill a lot more people because they're now with commandos, essentially. Like, they're a bigger squad. Is this when they're, like, in the safe house? No, that's the next one. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. I. So yeah. this is the one where they sneak on the boat and okay. then they yeah. some of them dress up like girls and like there's yes. a bizarre yeah. look and whatnot. They just kill everyone. Yeah. And so I think this is like now showing that it's getting more gruesome and more taxing on the team and they're treating like they're 
dehumanizing everyone now. Because you see that at the end with Avnir. Like, he shows no emotion. No. It's like, okay, yeah, you're my target. That's that. He only shows emotion towards when his his teammates start getting killed. That teammates, sorry, his team. <laughs> and uh his daughter when he thinks he's, he's being yeah, stalked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So between hits, the assassins argue with each other about the morality and logistics yep. of their mission, expressing yep. fear and about their individual lack of experience, as well as the apparent ambivalence about accidentally killing innocent bystanders. So as basically what I had already said, Avner makes a brief visit to his wife who has given birth to his first baby. So she was pregnant. He basically got told at the beginning, like, you can't have any contact. Yeah. But then, of course, like, that's not going to happen because he wants to see his child. Being yeah. Born. yeah. And so he then also tells her that she needs to move, move. to New York. Yeah, she needs to leave. Yeah. And and she says no. She says no. And she kind of is just like, I don't want to be a poor Jewish in New York City. But then I was also like, got a whole neighborhood that could actually take care of you. But then I get it. You're also leaving your family. You're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Where you. He's protecting her from being a target if he comes home. Okay, so then the next one is in Athens and Lewis arranges a safe house for them and this is when their rivals show up yeah and i was slightly confused because now you're like oh wh- what is lewis playing or louis playing? playing yeah and they lie about who they are yeah and abner has a heartfelt conversation with ally who is the guy and like they're in, which was very beautifully shot, I will say. They're in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like this dynamic of like the Palestine is like taller than him, but it seems as And the, the lighting was it was, yeah. It was very pleasant, but like obviously they were talking about how they were like humanizing themselves in a way. Like it it was it was a good conversation that they had. It was just it added to the tragedy as to like what happens later. Yes. Because what happens is Ali ends up being killed oh, by yeah. Avnir yeah. because he was in the way of the target. He was protecting him, the target, yeah. essentially. So yeah. then everyone's pissed off because they're like, well, Lewis is now selling us and out, out yeah. to the other side. And there's more like fear. So the next one is in London is to track down the next target. And apparently it's the guy who orchestrated the Munich massacre. But the assassination attempt is interrupted by several drunken Americans, which one of them was on the closer. Oh, I didn't even. There's another one that I recognized and I couldn't figure. I was like, where are you from? Um, mm. Do you realize? Yeah. So then it's implied that these are agents of the CIA, which, according to Lewis, protects and funds the uh, target in exchange for his promise to not attack U.S. diplomats. So then they kind of give up because they're just like, well, we're never going to be able to get get him. Meanwhile, attempts are made to kill the assassins themselves. So Carl is killed by an independent Dutch contractor 
And in revenge, the team tracks her down and executes her at the houseboat and mm-hmm. at her place. Mm-hmm. I was not appreciative of that scene. And the nudity. There was some like there were some scenes that I was, was like at the end choices. The end. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. I'm wanting to watch half of this. <laughs> how do I only do that? <laughs> yeah. Because this is not something I want to watch. For I didn't uh, like for some. I skipped through it. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> God, I was like, what the hell is this now? Now it's tr- yeah. Anyways. Hans is found stabbed to death on a park bench and Robert Ugh. is killed by an explosion in the shop. He so, kills himself, though. Does he not? Or that if I felt like it was suicide. I felt as though it was suicide, especially his parting words to Avner, because he was like, I this is not what I the life that I did. Like, yeah. And like when he also following my religion. Yeah. And it, he, like, also when it. he reveals that he only diffuses bombs, bombs doesn't he's build not yeah. a bomb maker yeah he just said yes or they asked him he was like yeah sure i can do that yeah well he also made the point he's just like what do you do when you're asked for something to defend your country and to defend your family of course you're going to you say, say yes. yes yeah avenir and steve finally locate selma which is the target that they found in london yeah, yeah. uh he's in spain but again their assassination attempt is thwarted this time by Salma's armed guards. Avner and Steve disagree on whether Luis has sold information on the team to the PLO. So there's also a couple scenes in between where we meet Papa because, which I think of Stranger Things, <laughs> um, who's kind of like this French grandmaster of just knowing, but he's also like working for other people, which then also got me really thinking about literally everybody was working and handing off money to everyone else to get information about everyone else. I was like, wow, this is, this is interesting to, to be watching right now. So a disillusioned Avner flies to Israel, where he is unhappy to be hailed as a hero by two young soldiers. And then to his new home in Brooklyn, where he suffers post-traumatic stress and paranoia because he thinks that he's being followed. He storms into the consulate and demands Ephraim to like basically contact him to confirm like, am I? Yeah. 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 Am I? So then Ephraim does actually come to New York City. I was like, where did he go? And this is how the... I'm not, not how the movie ends because it ends with a much different scene. No, no, no never it, mind. Oh, it, it oh my goodness. Okay, no. Yeah, that's okay. The other scene is before. And yeah. it's just... The other scene is like um, a clip in between uh, or like two... Two different clips pieced together of like him having his post-traumatic stress disorder flashbacks while having just aggressive sex sex with with his his wife. wife. But then the flashbacks are of the killings of the hostages in Munich. Um, So we finally see the end of that storyline play out, which I wanted to to see because the beginning of the film was so captivating. I wanted to see how that was wrapped up, especially after reading about it. And then it's being tied in with, yeah, him just 
in it. And I was like, I'm... I feel bad for him having that on film. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't something I was expecting to see and nor is it something I was wanting to see. I appreciated his post-traumatic stress dreams. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think that would have been more oh, pleasant. Yeah. yeah. The Yes. And more understanding yeah. or him cooking and doing something yeah. and it just like r- something really triggering him. But it made it very difficult to watch. And maybe that was a whole point. He just wanted it to make it difficult to to watch because it's not an easy thing to see. Yeah, that that's actually a good allegory. No interpretation. Of- yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I was also big, searching for a word. Big English words here. <laughs> no, so the final scene is Avner and Ephraim talking, speaking, speaking yeah. in a park, and which uh, was a beautiful scene. Yeah, and Avner's like. Why did I do what I did if the people that I murdered are just going to get replaced with other people? Was that your intent to have new new targets or different people in power because they're going to act differently when they go after us? Like, why did I do what I did? Yeah, because you basically gave me 11 targets that six would replace for every one. So at the end of the day... Once the 11 are killed, I have 66 more that I'm supposed to go kill because now time has passed. Death begets death begets death. And so the final words is like, can we basically like come over for dinner? We'll break bread. And a frame says like, no, that will never happen. And it just kind of puts into perspective of like the conflict between Israel and Palestine like still coexists today in 2005, when this existed, like these two people are never going to see eye to eye as to like what has happened, which is like really unfortunate if you re- like if you're thinking about it, because Avner literally went out and had to deal with death and do it with his own hands. And then you have the master manipulator, which is like the same as the eleven. On the other side. Yeah. So like what makes a frame any different than what Black Sunday? I was going to say Saturday. Um, no, Black September. September. Yeah. It, again, death begets death. It's a quote from a book. Um, and it, like I said, just killing people over land. Land money, religion, things like that really bother me. Power. Yeah. I just, just want to put a note in that I used a lot of Wikipedia to help me with my notes because I think using my notes to go through this film. Oh, good. Uh, like even my own. Very like <laughs> choppy went to like my notes do not make sense. He picks up money <laughs> is what one of mine says. But I like after reading the basically the plot summary, I like can slide in my own memories as to like what was happening. But yeah, I just I really need to make that clear that most of like what I've said is coming from Wikipedia. The summary of. Yeah. Okay, I think we should rate the film. I also want to preface that I rated it for what I was presented, not necessarily on facts, because If you're reading a book, you're also going to be rating it based on what you're presented. 
story. I gave it 2.5. 2.5? Right down the middle. Yeah. I gave it a 3.5. It took me three days to get through this. I had to do a lot of research, which I'm not mad about. I actually would want to learn more on this topic and has um, sparked other interests and things that I want to um, read about. But there were scenes that I made me uncomfortable. Questionable choices. Yeah. Um, the, the parts of the story being, I don't want to say, not based in reality. Um, fictional. Fictional. Um, uh, I mean, most films like this that are based on a true story, with the exception of Aaron Brockovich. Yes. There's always going to be, be elaboration. Yes, yes. And I also... Creative I'm, I'll, liberties. In general, movies like this, I'm not into violence, car chases, explosions. Like, I, it just doesn't do anything for me, makes me uncomfortable personally. You don't like car chases? Car chases? Yeah. They're so overdone. Oh, Okay. I thought they, you were saying that they made you uncomfortable. It was like, car chases don't make me uncomfortable unless like there are too many of them. Or the, like, yeah, no, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, another one of those. I don't like, know. I just, this isn't a, um, the beginning of this movie is a movie I'd pick up. The later half of the movie, not a movie I'd pick up. Yes, I would agree with you, except for the last 15 minutes of the yes, film. Yeah. So like this would be a great half an hour short. <laughs> But it wouldn't be enough if it was just a half an hour. No, exactly. Like, there's too much of a story to tell. I gave it a 3.5 because I'm also in agreement that it's definitely a topic that I'm very uncomfortable with because I'm not knowledgeable in it. So the mere fact that after watching this was like, great, I now have to talk about something, something that, that yeah, and I don't know enough about to and comment I, on. And I feel so ignorant to that fact. And it makes me uncomfortable doing that and sitting on this podcast and saying that. But I'm... But you're human. That's yeah, the other I, thing. I understand, but I... There's ignorances I, in a lot of things and a lot of people. And the mere fact that we got the opportunity to watch this film... Sure. Yeah. I would say is a positive. Yeah. Music. Four. Okay. I also rated it quite high. 3.5. I liked the comedic effects of specific things, of specific era songs. I was like, oh, this is good. But the score. The score was also was beautiful. Beautiful. And even the opening, like like when they're showing like DreamWorks and all that, that like the first minute, I was like, oh, this this is lovely. Music was composed by John Williams. Okay. Who composes a lot, a lot of, of stuff. Yeah. We've got some Star Wars. Yeah. We've got some Jaws. Yeah. Some E.T. and Indiana. So it's definitely, he also was composing at the same, I read this as well, actually. He was composing at the same time. So things were being edited. And he was creating the music around it. Yes. Yeah. He was being sent out the music. Yeah. Scenes and locations. Four out of five. I am a three. Okay. I have some strong opinions. About? On the shots that were so overlit in the background. Anytime there was a window and it was 
so bright. I didn't notice this. And so white. Oh, okay. Was so distracting. Oh, I didn't even notice. And it made it feel as though it was supposed to be a dream sequence. And it was not. Oh, that's confusing. And it was so like... Not crisp and clean, which I kind of expected for like a film like this. It kind of had a smudgy, dark back alley feel. But then that made but it like too. But like on top of it, not okay. like, yeah. But the overlighting really ruined a lot of shots for me, especially at the begin, like near the beginning where they're in the house of the prime minister and he's, Avner is meeting her for the first time. Her window was just really overlit. And then their house was also very overlit sometimes. Like, it just, like, specific okay. scenes. I was like, holy shit, like, guys couldn't get the background lighting. I didn't notice this. That's fine. Hmm. Europe was beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. The streets that they shot on. Yeah. Yep. And New York City was the iconic New York City I love to see mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Yeah. No, it was. I enjoyed uh, I gave it a four out of five. I enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Overall score? Seven out of ten. Okay. I'm 6.66. IMDb has it at 7.5. So you're closer. Yeah. Okay. People, I think like people like it because again, it's a Spielberg film. A little bit of a cult following. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Does this DVD stay in the collection? I'm a no. I'm a no as well. I'm okay with saying goodbye to this film. It's made me learn and wanting to continue to learn, but I have no need to rewatch it. I am curious to know if there are any Palestine-Israel conflict movies out there. Oh, yeah. That are not overly Hollywooded. Then you're just looking for more of a documentary. I guess so. Is what you're... But I also want to be entertained a little bit. I don't know. Have to look into that. I was just curious to think if like there's anything on our shelves that might. That's a good question. And we'll probably find find out out (laughs) at some point. It's that time of week where we get to pick the next movie and we get to bid adieu to this film. And I'm definitely looking forward to a new film. Me too. Especially, yeah, this is much different than last week's. As you, <laughs> this was yeah. heavier yeah. than last week. Yes. We went from something that was, uh, can I just say, a complete 180 maybe? <sighs> oh, yeah. Yes. I, I don't, like, they can't even be comparable <laughs> no. No. in the same realm. They were a part of the two th- early 2000s. Let's put it like that. That's it. Yes. Cool. Okay. I'm going to pick the next film. All right. I don't know this one. It is called Man of the Year. Why does that sound familiar? I can picture the DVD as if it's a gentleman like waving. I feel as though this is another government film. Which is clearly not our favorite. Uh, 2006? Okay. No, is it? I'm asking, do you know? If it, oh, if so you, there's only one. Oh, there's only one? It's a comedy slash thriller. If this is the, the correct one that I'm looking at. It has Robin Williams in it and Christopher oh, Walken. Oh, yes, that's correct. Okay. Yep. It's a, um, a satire. Okay. 
Well, uh, you know or what? like a comedian who hosts a new satire program. You can't go wrong with Robin Williams. I agree. So I agree. that's definitely something different to look forward to next week. Sweet. We're going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to join us next week watching Man of the Year, you're more than welcome to. Don't know if it's on any streaming platforms for you, but it's not in Canada. But if you somehow own the DVD, you can also watch that there too. If you would like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.